Do you know the real account of Christmas? Oh, it's so easy to think that we understand about Christmas. We sing songs like, We three kings of Orient. Were there just three kings? The Bible teaches that all Jerusalem was troubled by their coming. Why would an entire city be troubled with three guys? Join us on this episode of Real Time Truth for the real account of Christmas. Welcome to another episode of Real Time Truth, where in 19 minutes you're going to hear about things that you deal with every day in your home, church, community, and the surrounding culture with a biblical perspective. I'm Matthew McNeil. And I'm Pastor Kevin Brown. And as you guys know, I'm sure you're well aware, Christmas is around the corner. And I tell you, isn't it weird that sometimes whenever we you say things like that, people get stressed out? Mm-hmm, for sure, because Christmas is a the most wonderful time of year, as the song says, but it is a stressful time of year. Oh, man, I tell you. And it's, it's sad, though, in, in a way. Uh, but we're not going to get into that today. It's just the fact, though, that there's so many times whenever we think about Christmas, I feel like a lot of our... Thoughts about Christmas are more informed about the by the nativity set on our mantle yeah. than it is necessarily by the scriptures. Yeah. There's a lot of things that people, whenever they start thinking about Christmas, uh, that they believe to be historically accurate, but they're not actually the way things went. And the reason, we're going to kind of go into some of these today... Christmas myths, if you will. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we emphasize them is because I feel like when we see things for what really happened, the rescue mission that Jesus initiated, the Father sent him on, I think just becomes all the grander. Absolutely. And so um, so I just want to kind of start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay, We're, We see that the young couple has headed down to Bethlehem for the census yep. that's taking place there. And like I said, we see the nativity set on our mantle and we see this beautiful little A-frame barn yeah. and uh, <laughs> with this beautiful golden painted hay yep. you know, on the little block. You know, it's fresh. It's not even disturbed. It's still bound up perfectly in its bale. Uh, there's Mary and there's Joseph with little baby Jesus in the middle and then kind of fanning out on both sides like bridesmaids and groomsmen on either side. You have the shepherds and the wise men. Yeah. But that's not really how that happened, is it? No, it's not. And, you know, we want to be biblical. This is real-time truth. And so as we were talking about um, future podcasts several weeks ago, we, we said, you know what? There's, there's some real big misconceptions about Christmas. Why don't we put some real-time truth on Christmas? And so that's, that's what we're, we're seeking to do here. Yeah, they're in Bethlehem, and there's no room in the inn. Uh, there's a massive undertaking in the, in the Roman world, which Israel is subservient to Rome, and they're counting the people. And so that means taxes are going to be raised. And so they would have a census, and then they would raise taxes. So everybody had to go back to their ancestral hometown. Of course, Jesus... Prophetically, we know that he would come from the line of David, from the house of David. So Joseph and Mary both can trace their lines back. You can see this in Matthew 1 and Luke 2. Back to David. They go to Bethlehem, which is the homeland, the hometown of David. And while they're there, Mary's going to have a baby. Mm -hmm. There's no room in the inn. There's a long journey down there. Place is packed with people. They have to stay somewhere. And so... In essence, they're staying 
not in what we would know of as a barn. It's more like a hewned out place in rock. Some would even call it a cave. I've been to Bethlehem twice. I've been blessed to go there. And we really believe, scholars believe and historians believe that even though in Bethlehem, when you go to this place today, a church is built on top of the grotto, if you will. When you go down in the belly of the church, in the basement of the church, the church of, of, of the nativity in Bethlehem, you're in an area where you see what the walls look like, and it's rock. It's cave. Mm-hmm. And so this is where the end was built at this area where you basically parked your animals, whether it's whatever your beast of burden was, donkey or, or, or mule or whatever, and certainly sheep could be kept there and whatnot. So it's not some pristine barn, okay, like we would see in our area. We all know of barns. This is just... Think of a strip mall. Think, okay, imagine this with me. Think of a strip mall. Now, don't think of the parking lot out front. Think of driving back around where the where the little you know restaurants are. Let's say it's a Jersey Mike's and it's a Cato's and it's whatever. It's where the dumpsters are in the back, right? It's where it's nasty back there. It's where folks go back there and smoke a cigarette. It's that's where Jesus was born. It was in this nasty place, like the parking lot, but even the back of this inn, and this was not a pleasant uh, ordeal for Joseph and Mary. So we have to get our minds in a place to where we let Scripture inform as to what happened. We have that nativity set you talked about, and we've got three wise men kneeling down, offering their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The problem is, where do we get three wise men? The gifts. Mm-hmm. But the Bible, and I've got my Bible here, uh, talks about that when they came into Jerusalem, the the wise men, it says all Jerusalem was troubled. Mm -hmm. Now, Jerusalem is a large city. How are three men going to trouble an entire city? Well, and two parts to mention about that as well. One, you still have the mindset that they came at the time of the birth, which would mean that the census was still going on as well. And so... Three, even three very wealthy people dropping into Jerusalem would have been a drop in the bucket compared to the numbers of the masses that are going in and through Jerusalem. Because even if they're not staying there, they're traveling through it on their way to their their family's hometown. That's right. Yeah. And you think about these wise men, where were they coming from? They're coming from the east. Mm -hmm. And if you begin to do the work on that and and look at the background of that, that could have been as far east as what we know of today as modern-day China. Mm -hmm. So here's the interesting thing. They came to a house. Uh, Matthew chapter 2, I'm looking at it, verse 10 says, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary and his mother. So they're no longer at the inn. They're not at the, the, where the, 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 the stable cave was, okay? They're at a house. Joseph and Mary are at a house. Now, let, let's flesh that out for a second. Ultimately, Herod would be visited by these men. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that there had to be more than three. All of Jerusalem was troubled because it was an entourage. Exactly. Think of a parade, okay? They're traveling literally 
potentially thousands of miles, certainly hundreds of miles, even if they're coming only from the east. And the east really started in, in Iran, what we call Persia in Scripture. So that, that's, the, that's the most western point of what we could call the east. And then everything beyond that going east would be, I would call, the far east. Mm -hmm. Be that as it may. All of Jerusalem was troubled because there's this entourage. They've got camels and pack mules. They've got a camp out. This is a journey that took a long time. How long did it take? Well, let's talk about this, Matthew. Herod finds out that a king has been born. He's a paranoid, maniacal guy, mm -hmm. and he is scared to death that someone is going to usurp his authority in his kingdom. Now, he's, he's basically a vassal king for Rome. Rome has placed him as king, but that's just to keep peace over an area. Mm -hmm. He basically was a puppet of Rome. He had no power, but yet he was still king, and, and with that came the, the, that whole, the, 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 the rich... Uh, lifestyle that he lived, the opulent lifestyle. So he wants to protect that. So Matthew, tell us, what was the decree that he made in order to protect himself as king? Well, in order to make sure that he got him, he ordered that all boys in Bethlehem, two years old and younger, were to be slaughtered. Now think of that. Listener, viewer, two years old, okay? The wise men came to a house. Jesus is a toddler. Exactly, a toddler. That's, the, that's a key phrase or okay. a key term to remember. Yeah, he's not a baby. Don't see them kneeling with three little boxes uh, at a manger scene. That's not where they, they came. The Bible says in verse 11 of Matthew 2, they came to a house, okay? Joseph is still in Bethlehem. We're, we're, we're spider webbing here, but understand, why is he still in Bethlehem? Let's think about this. They had nothing to return to. Why did they have nothing to return to, my dear Matthew? Because they were, they were, their, the pregnancy was a scandal. Yes. They were betrothed, but they had not yet come together in marriage. Mary's found to be pregnant. And Joseph, because he did not abandon her, would have been looked at as, well, this is his child. Yep. In which case, they, they violated the marriage bed. Yes. And so how could Joseph get work? He couldn't get work in Nazareth. He would have been blackballed and ostracized because he chose to go through this process with Mary. Mm -hmm. He believed Mary, and he also believed Gabriel, who came to him and said, take Mary as your wife, go ahead and marry her, because the, the son she's going to have is going to save the people from their sins. So he was all in. But he stayed in Bethlehem because I believe he knew he couldn't get work. So I believe he's working as a carpenter in Bethlehem. And so they're at a house. The wise men should show up, the decree is then made, all two-year-olds and younger to be killed. I believe Herod covered his bases. Jesus scholars tell us could have been 12 months old to 16 months old, 18 months old, but Herod probably from the time that the wise men came to him, he's probably to cover his bases, jacking up the age a little bit. So think of the distance that the wise men had to come. Exactly. And so it took time. I believe, according to Scripture, that we can that we can safely say that the star appeared on the night of the birth or near the night of the birth, and the wise men saw it. They began to. to they were astrologers. They began to inspect, wow, this is a new star. This is something we haven't seen before. This is a coming together of stars. We won't get into all that. But whatever that it may be, 
once it took, they saw this, they wanted to come and see this king. They wanted, it took a while. And this entourage would take weeks, if not months, to make this journey. And so we've got to get out of our minds. We three kings of Orient are bearing gifts. We, we did travel afar, mm-hmm. a long way, okay? But to say that there were just three kings, there could have been many more. There were three gifts. There were three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So they show up at the house. When they come to the house, they worship Jesus. And then Joseph has a dream, another dream. I believe, again, the angel Gabriel came to him. And what did Gabriel tell him to do? The child's life's in danger. you got to leave tonight and go to Egypt. Yeah. And so why don't you share with the audience what happened? He goes where? He goes to? Well, I mean... You're talking about Joseph and the yeah. family. Yes, absolutely. It says, and this is what I love about studying. When you look at Joseph, um, he could have been included in something that was like the the, the action packed Bible because it was whenever he was told to do something, yeah. he did it immediately. Bang! And it said in scriptures that he left that night. Yep. And he took his family to Egypt. Yeah. So they end up in Egypt. Okay. How could they afford the trip? Yes. Because see, that's the thing you got to keep in mind. Yeah. They were weak. People say, well, can you really assume that Jesus' family was poor? Can you really? But when you go and you look on that eighth day circumcision, they brought the gift mm-hmm. of a poor family, yes. the two doves. That's right. No and, question they were poor. I mean, it's, it's, it's unarguable as far as scholars are concerned. So how did they afford to make the trip? Buy the food. How could they go to Egypt? Okay. The gifts. Exactly. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Listen, God provides God provides. I, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what I don't know what your circumstances hold right now in life. You can look at Joseph and Mary's life and you can see the difficulties that they went through, but at every turn God provided. There was no room in the inn, but God knew shepherds were coming. But he provided still a place. It wasn't a place that we would have chosen, but he provided a place. He provided a manger. He provided hay. He provided cloths that they swaddled the Lord Jesus in. It may not be the thing that you want or I want, but God always provides. And so provision was made, I believe, by way of the uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Mm -hmm. And they were able to sell some of those items, whatever the case might be, and they made their way to Egypt. And isn't it interesting? Anytime you read Scripture, when when the, the children of Israel go to Egypt... They're going into exile. They're going. They're they're being taken out of the land of promise. Mm-hmm. Okay, only to come back. Just as Moses was the deliverer, Jesus comes back into the land of promise as the deliverer. We cannot miss this as, as believers. This is not some sort of of just you know happenstance irony. This is all the plan of God. And so we see Jesus being the fulfillment of even what happened with the children of Israel coming out of Egypt into the promised land. Now you have the deliverer. No, 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 not Moses. The deliverer, Mm -hmm. Jesus. Moses was a, a foreshadowing of the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus comes back into the land of promise. And so when people look at Jesus, they go, wow, what an interesting guy. Because he's a fulfillment of prophecy. So many prophecies, just in the first couple of years of his life. Yes. And you've mentioned this before, but I could see how, what a, what a reassurance that 
could have possibly been for Mary and Joseph. Oh, yeah. I mean, you think they there was a reason that God chose them. They They had a choice. God chose them. They said yes. And they were a family that was favored for this. And so, and I believe that one of the things that God would have looked at whenever it came to that, when he looked down through the ages of time, was that they knew his word. Yeah. And so you think about whenever this, the angel tells Mary this, well, they did say that he would be a Nazarene. Yeah. And, uh, huh. Yeah. And then the census happens. Yeah. They did say that he would be born in Bethlehem. Yes. The prophets. Mm-hmm. And then, literally, on the way, suddenly, on the way to Egypt, wow, the scriptures say that he would come out of Egypt. Yeah. I don't need any more reassurance. I mean, the angels, that's that's a pretty good touch. Okay, but still, all the fulfilled prophecy. Yeah. The the What an encouragement. And even, even sitting here listening to you recount that, Matthew, is another reminder to me that... Jesus is the Son of God. Yes. For him to fulfill these prophecies, you know, statisticians have done all this research on these Old Testament messianic prophecies, which we've mentioned just three of them here. They would be a Nazarene. He would be born in Bethlehem and come out of Egypt. Three of, of 308, some have counted. And the odds of Jesus not being the Son of God and not fulfilling the prophecies as, as listed in the Old Testament are statistically impossible. So to me, that brings great encouragement and great joy in knowing that Jesus is exactly who he was foretold he would be. Because you think about it, how, how strange it is. You know that the prophets had to wonder, how could the Messiah be a Nazarene? come out of Bethlehem and Egypt. That makes no sense. It had had to make no sense. And so often I look at life and I look at my current circumstances and what I can see now and I go, this doesn't make any sense. But when you think about it, only a, only the exact person could have fulfilled that. Not just anyone could have fulfilled all of those. They're looking at that and they're saying, I don't see how this could work. Yeah. But God, seeing the big picture, knows this is how you want to know without any doubt that that's my son. Absolutely. So the joy of Christmas, as we think about Christmas and we think about the true story of Christmas, and we look at, yeah, there's some things we believe because of Christmas songs and We Three Kings of Orient mm-hmm. are and all these things. Um, I, you know, that's neither here nor there, I guess. But let us be reminded of the fact that Jesus Christ came to this earth as the fulfillment of prophecy that he would come and be the Savior of the world. So we encourage you, if you're watching or listening and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he came for you. So call on his name, repent of your sins, and invite him in and really know the joy of Christmas. And we hope that as you celebrate Christmas this year, that you will take time to reflect on that. What a rescue mission. What a love. Well, this has been another episode of Real Time Truth. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Matthew McNeil. And I'm Pastor Kevin Brown. Thanks for joining us. Take care.